The following is a presentation of Dolman Productions. This is the Uncommon Sense Program. From the most disorganized newsroom in all of America, this is the Uncommon Sense Program. I'm Jake Dolman, your host as always. Joining me this week, a small crew. Oh yeah, Troy Lang's here. Troy. Hey, Jake. Hey, how are you, Troy? I'm good. Did you miss us while we were gone? Oh, I did. It's been a few weeks, hasn't it? It has been a few yeah, weeks. I, I, a apolog- weeks I, yep. I apologize for that. We had the holidays and some other things come up, and we've been uh, MIA. Trevor Holland's somewhere in the building. He'll, he may join later. He may not. I don't know what he's up to. But uh, other than that, we might have a uh, Ryan King sighting later. Not sure about that either, but... Uh, We'll take what we can get here on the Uncommon Sense program, but you got me, Jake Dahlman, your host, as always. I guess the thing to talk about this week, it's the th- the biggest thing in the news right now is probably the immigration deal, wouldn't you say, Troy? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. it's definitely a mess. But uh, first of all, though, I want to ask: Did you have a nice Fourth of July, Independence Day? Did you feel independent on Independence Day, Troy? Uh, no, no, you, okay, no. Why? Why not? Well, because it's like with his. Excellency, the Fuhrer Obama, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, well, you're a buzzkill. Sorry, man. You're really a. I thought I was a buzzkill. You're really. A, but you know, you have a point. And I don't think I was the only one, but I did kind of have a different feeling this year. I mean, I love, I love buying my fireworks, and we all get together and we blow stuff up, and it's stupid fun. And I mean, it's a wonder no one gets hurt, as people have actually in the past. What I do with fireworks is not something other people should probably do very often. That sounds like it's illegal. It's not illegal. We just don't. We like to have them go off at ground level more. Troy's been there. He knows. Yes, I do. You, yes, it's interesting, isn't it? I was, yeah, well, interesting. <laughs> I don't know if I'd use that word. Did you fear? Yeah. Did you fear for your life? Uh, yeah, I believe there was one point where we were jumping in the back of trucks. <laughs> do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, time? yeah. I'm not sure if it got that wild this year, but. Uh, well, anyway, it was it's interesting, but but back to the yeah the feeling of the Independence Day, you know, I, I there was a kind of it, it kind of rang hollow this year a little bit in some ways. It's like what as a country, what are we doing? I mean, is that the feeling you had in a way? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it's easy to sit here in Kansas, out in the middle of nowhere. And pretend everything's fine and dandy. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I've, I haven't. We haven't done the show the last couple of weeks because of the holiday, and we had some other events the week before. And and I don't. I don't keep up with the news as much on weeks when I'm not doing this. And as much as I love doing this, I will tell you, it's nice not to keep up with the news for a while. You know what I mean? It's kind of fun. It's kind of relaxing. It's kind of makes you feel like maybe the world is okay when you stick your head in the sand for a few days and just go. I don't know anything. I don't want to know anything. You know what I mean? You with yeah. me, Troy? I'm with you on that. I, one. I yeah. tell you what, and, and that, but it's irresponsible to do that. I think. Um, but I've kind of done that the last couple of weeks, and it was kind of nice. But but lo and behold, we talked about this two weeks ago or three weeks ago, whenever the last time we did the show. The immigration issue is still front and center. Um, we've fifty six thousand undocumented, unaccompanied children minors whatever you want to call them some as young as three are being have been have come to our border have been dumped on our border from places not mostly not from mexico mostly from guatemala from el salvador from places in central america 
because the quality of life down there sucks. And you know, when you look at it that way, these people who are, from our perspective here in America, from a rational perspective, from a perspective in a world that makes some sense, at least we want to try to make it make sense, you know what I'm saying? It's the whole normalcy bias. We look at this stuff and think, this can't be, this can't be really happening, this doesn't make any sense. We look at this stuff and we think, what kind of parent would send your three, four, five, nine, ten, whatever, I don't care, minor child, any child for that matter, a minor child by themselves with a few hundred bucks in their pocket with drug mules, coyotes, whatever they call them, thousands of miles, a thousand miles, I don't know how far it is, across Mexico to be dumped in the desert of South Texas or Arizona or wherever by themselves. What kind of parent would do that? It's out. It's unbelievable, isn't it, Troy? Can oh, you yeah. imagine doing that? But the reason they do this is because they think, for one thing, they have a, a their their perception of reality is skewed, and this this falls on the shoulder of of this administration running the country right now. The one before, I mean, it 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 falls on our government essentially that we have to make it clear that people you cannot come here and just stay here. That's what they have in their mind. That, well, if we get them out of here, they can go to America and they'll be safe. They can stay there. We can't do that. We can't support that. We can't. We can't allow this to happen. It, it will ruin. It will destroy our country in the process. It will overwhelm our system and collapse it. And frankly, I believe. And see, this is what kills me. Uh, several people I talk to about this kind of thing. Well, President Obama is just an idiot. He doesn't know what he's doing. No. I believe he knows exactly what he's doing. I really do. I think all of this, none of this is happening by chance. I think he knows exactly. Him and the people around him know exactly what's happening. And they knew this was going to happen. There was ads. I forget where they showed up at uh, a couple weeks ago. This was on one of the programs I listened to. Um, Advertisements from the, I think it was Homeland Security or Immigration, I don't know. There's so many different agencies nowadays that can't keep up, keep up with what's what. Looking for people to be chaperones for immigrant, illegal immigrant, yes, illegal immigrant children. Our government was looking, like back in January, to hire thousands of people to be chaperones. Wait a minute. I thought this was a surprise. I thought we didn't know about this. I didn't. I thought we were blindsided. We didn't see this coming. The bottom line is, the quality of life in Central America is so awful. The lawlessness is so awful that people are like, "We got to get our kids out of here." Now, as a human being, I can understand that. I can't imagine having to do it, but I can understand it. It's like, look, the, the whole family could be killed here. We got at least one of us has to get out of here, so that so that at least a family can carry on. I can't understand it, but I, I mean, I can't imagine it, but I can't understand. I can understand it. So that's what's happening, and although I don't know a lot about the whole geopolitical stuff in South and Central America, I, um, a lot of that can be blamed on us because we meddle in everything down there. Yeah, we gotta, you know, we gotta have this person running this. It'd be better than instead of just letting them alone to do their thing. For I mean, this has gone on for days. This is not an Obama thing. This has gone on for for a hundred years. We put dictators in there. Well, they'll be better for us in the long run. And we ruined and we made the quality of life in these countries. I mean, it's just it's we we we've made a mess of it in many ways. 
And so these people are coming here hoping that their children will have a better life. And our president in the meantime right now, instead of going on TV, going on every, you know, sending sending ambassadors, whoever in these countries, to go on every media out, outlet that there is down there, if there is any, and saying, look, do not send your children to America. They cannot stay. We will send them home. You are risking their lives for no reason. They, 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 well, we just can't do anything about it. It's just we can't do it because I contend they want this to happen. And this is sick in so many ways. It's sick because it's, for one thing, it's against the law. And it's, we're, we're, we're allowing people, you know, this is what we're doing. We're getting these people, we're, we're, we're taking them in, we're overwhelming our border patrol. So now God knows what else is coming across the border. Drugs, bombs, terrorists, you name it. How long, Troy? How long until another domestic terror, not, no, I shouldn't say domestic, until a terrorist attack happens on our soil here not very long i don't think so either no i don't either um i've said this for a long time because this border has been porous forever and people say well it's always been that way people come across to work and i i get that got it not worried about pedro picking strawberries not worried about him okay got got me okay clear move on i'm worried about people who want to come and bring i don't know a suitcase full of anthrax across the border or a dirty palm, or, you know, whatever. I've said for years, how long until car bombs start showing up on the streets of America, much like in Baghdad? Roadside bombs, you know what I'm talking about? How long till that starts happening here? I'm telling you, we're not that far away from it. But this is sick in so many ways. It violates our laws. It violates... it. it, it they're taking these children, they're putting them on buses, they're putting them on airplanes, they're sending them all over the country to try to house them in these centers. We're spending a fortune on this. We're using up all sorts of resources. We're using Department of Defense resources that should be going to our veterans for their medical issues. Instead, we're treating these children. Don't get me wrong, I want the children taken care of. I don't want anybody to be neglected and suffer and starve. However, look at the mess we're causing. Was it last week? Some town in California, they tried to bus these kids in to to. And they, they no, I'm sorry. They stood up in front of the buses and they said no. And thank God it didn't get violent, because what happens when this goes wrong? When this really goes bad? I hope it doesn't. But isn't there a good chance this really the the Bubba effect is what they call it? You know, when when oh damn, we ain't gonna have them people around here, and we grab our shotgun, we're gonna blow a hole in the side of this bus right here. Not that I really blame people for being angry. I'm angry too. But how long till someone does something stupid and then the big crackdown happens? They keep pushing us. They keep poking us in the face. Decent Americans trying to live by the law, trying to work for a living, trying to do what's right, trying to pay our taxes, trying to fund all the crap they want to do. And they welcome these people in and they're going to you know we're going to have to pay for all I mean we're paying for all this you know this now there's that end of it the side of it where we're getting screwed on this deal that's sick and wrong and then what we're doing to these children is sick and wrong we're packing them in like livestock into these holding facilities there was a report last week maybe the week before I can't remember it's all blending together now on the blaze talking about uh, a congressional delegation uh, went to uh, McAllen, Texas? Maybe? I don't know. It's, not, it's a Texas. Went down there to view one of these 
housing facilities where these children are being put up. They opened the doors. It smelled so bad. Troy, get this. It smelled so bad they couldn't even go in. They, they th- turned around. They choked. Some of them even vomited. It smelled that bad. This is not America. This is not what we do. This is not how we treat people. Can you imagine? What, what the hell's the matter with us? I mean, look. We need to take care of these kids that have come across the border. And we need to put them on planes and take them home. Don't put them in holding facilities and let them like a bunch of hogs or something like that. And they're, they don't have enough food. They don't have proper bathroom. They don't have any way. I mean, it's just it's awful. I mean, yes, it's going to cost us a lot of money to get the ones that are here sent back home. But if we don't, they're just going to keep coming. They expect not over 90,000 of these young people coming across the border by the end of the summer. 90,000. 90,000 is a pretty good-sized city, Troy. Yeah. Sounds like an invasion. An armed invasion, as of right now, if you don't pay attention to the drug lords and, and you know potential terrorists that are coming across you know, we're not paying attention to because we have all these kids to deal with. Um, and how many of these kids are getting sold or into the sex trade in South America and Mexico as they come up this way? How many of them are getting raped along the way? How many of them are getting killed never even make it here? I mean, it's sick to your st- It makes you sick to your stomach when you really sit down and think about the ramifications this thing has. You're trying to send these kids all over the country. You, you send all these children to these towns. They don't speak any English. That changes the whole town. It overwhelms whatever ever community you put them in. How do you educate them if they don't speak English? Who takes care of them? How do you have, what, how, how does this work? I don't, I don't know where to go from that. I, I don't understand how this works. I need the sounder from that. I think it's E-Trade commercial. This isn't how this works. This isn't how any of this works. Am I right? Am I missing something, Troy? I, I don't know. I don't know. No. Um, we have some sound though. I, I mean, there's so much, and I, I was looking at uh, the Drudge Report before I uh, went on the air a little bit. And of course, this has been his main headlines for the past, I don't know, two three weeks now on this. If I can get it to refresh, there it is. Any moment now, computers around here run at a incredibly quick speed. Um, just looking at some headlines. Yeah, 90,000 to cross border by in the summer. A death train, as they call it. This is a train bringing migrants toward the USA. Derails in Mexico. Strands 1,300 migrants headed toward the USA. Oh, Amnesty disaster for black workers. They're saying, well, it, it is. If you look at workers in general that don't have a job, and, and, and black, there are African-American males, whatever you, however you want to put it, are the ones with the lowest unemployment, or the highest unemployment rate, the lowest employment rate in the country right now. You bring all these people in, that doesn't help with the job issue. Oh, it's uh, Obama meets with immigration hecklers. I'm on your side, man. Yeah, sure you are. You don't care. I'm sorry. There was an angry woman. Um, I'm not sure where she was at. I think she was in Houston, Texas, I believe. I don't have her name. I don't have a story in front of me, but I have the audio of her. She went on a, a, a rant that I think we can all understand. She was asked by a news group. They're looking to bring these kids um, to a holding center somewhere in her neighborhood or nearby her neighborhood. And she was asked if this seemed right, if this seemed fair. And her response, I think, is telling. Maybe if the thing will play. It's not right. Now, being 
millions of dollars want to be borrowed from the White House to help feed and house them. What the kids here in our, in our country? Not just in this neighborhood, but in our country. All these kids, really? Why can't they go back? I'm sorry that, that the parents are, are in poor living uh, conditions or surroundings or whatever's this. going on out there. I don't care. I care about what's going on right here Amen. in my own backyard, my neighborhood. Am I the only one in this community that's out here that watches the news this morning? Oh, my God. I feel alone right now in this, and I'm very saddened by it. She makes a lot of sense, doesn't she, Troy? Yeah, she does, I mean, totally. Her, her anger, I mean, it. it's so overwhelming to think of all this. It's so overwhelming that it's hard to even respond. And, you know, unless you're seeing it firsthand, you kind of don't pay attention. I mean, but you have to pay attention. This is going to affect each and every one of us in some way eventually. This fundamentally, as Obama said a few days before he was elected, this fundamentally has the possibility to change the United States of America. He said he was going to fundamentally change it, so I guess maybe this is part of it. I don't know. Um, yeah, Texas, I don't have this story. This is going off memory, though. I was reading it earlier today. Texas Governor Rick Perry is having a fit about all this, it, rightly so, because it's crippling his state. They're having to deal with all this and spend tons of money. And they're, he's like, one of his great concerns was, what happens if we have a massive hurricane this season? What happens then? I have no place to put refugees of our own if they're, you know, if their houses are wiped out in Houston or wherever along the the Gulf Coast. Um, what do I do with them? And and he's, you know, he, he's been trying, pleading with Washington for some some kind of answer, not immigration reform, but just something. Send some National Guard troops down here, something to help stop this. And President Obama went to Texas this past week. Um, you won't believe why he's in Texas, Troy. Troy, do you have any idea? Yeah, I have an idea. Yeah, what he's the, there for a, doing uh, some fundraising? Fundraising. You got yeah. the money going? Oh yeah, I mean you got to do that. So he's there to fundraise. Uh, now, never mind. A few hours south of him, there's there's a there's a uh, refugee disaster going on, a humanitarian crisis um, that makes Katrina, Hurricane Katrina, look like I don't know. Um, I don't know what a good comparison is, but it makes it look like the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Thanksgiving Day Parade. I guess. I mean, I don't know. It's it's nothing. That is nothing compared to what we have here. The number of people and the long term effect on our country. I know people are going to have a fit now because they, well, people died. and Yeah, well, people are going to die here. I guarantee you people are dying here. They're just not documented. Um, so the president, you know, said, well, you can meet me at the airport somewhere. I forget where it was. On the, and we'll shake hands and do a photo op thing. He's like, no, we're not doing that. He goes, I need to have a sit-down meeting with you. I need to talk about what needs to happen to fix this problem, the help that I need from Washington, or will you allow me to take Because th- this is the thing that kills me on this thing. States want to, you know, uh, Jan Brewer in Arizona, she said, look, it's, it's our border. Let me control it. And the federal government two years ago said, no, you can't do that. It's a federal matter. You can't step in here and just take over this. Well, now... Now, Obama's telling Rick Perry, "Well, you guys just deal with it. We don't. We don't. We're not gonna. You know, we we can't. We can't do anything. It's a, it's a complete opposite of the point you made two years ago, you jackass." Um, but anyway, so they did finally meet. Um, Obama said, "Well, you know, I'm having this meeting uptown. If you want to go with me to that, we can." Have. So okay, Perry went along. He got to have a little 15 minute discussion in the uh, helicopter, and the way Obama made it sound when he came out of that was like, "Look." I want to help you. 
but until Congress does something, I can't. You know, I get in trouble all the time for doing going on my going doing things on my own, and I can't, which is just makes me sick to my stomach. When it's when it's convenient for him to do things, you know, quote, well, I got to stick by the Constitution, then you'll do it, which is a bunch of bull. He could order National Guard troops to our border to help secure it. He didn't have to do that. Go through Congress to do that. Um, so what came out of that? Probably not much. Probably not much at all. Oh, by the way, uh, President Obama, meanwhile, while all this was going on, he was also uh, in Colorado for some reason, and there was a nice picture of him shooting pool and drinking beer. Um, so it's good to know he's had some downtime. And I think they're going on vacation this week, Troy. Did you hear that? I'm not sure. I'll bet he's played some golf, too. <laughs> probably played some golf. But uh, anyway, more on the border coming up. Uh, we'll be back. More on Common Sense right after this. Barack Obama, the son of a black man from Kenya and a white man from Kansas. Now, no matter what your politics, that is a moment for the history books. Uncommon sense. Anyway, let's see. Now, coming to a post office near you, (laughs) Jake Dolman, male gigolo. Excuse me, miss. I have a book of stamps for you. <laughs> Zip. Thunk. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God, that's funny. Oh, yeah, that is good. First class mail for you. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any parcels for me? <laughs> one big one. <laughs> it's rock hard. Extra long, barely fits in your box. Oh yeah, shaped like a salami. Now <laughs> 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 for something completely different. Come here, sexy. I like tater tots. Uncommon sense. You're listening to the Uncommon Sense program. And I'll bet you're wondering why. Uncommon Sense! Yes, indeed. Welcome back to it, folks. The Uncommon Sense Program. Jake Dalton here, your host. Troy Langs joins me on the program. I think Trevor Holland will be in after a bit. I, you know, in the break we were talking, and I was, before we went to the break, of course, we were talking about the uh, immigration disaster, the illegal immigration disaster in uh, Texas and, and on the southern border in general. And, you know, I was talking about how Obama just can't help. He just can't seem to help. But wait a minute. There's something that I, I Troy, I remember something from the past. Uh, we are not just going to be waiting for legislation in order oh. to make sure... Uh, that we're providing Americans uh, the kind of help that they need. Yeah, the help, uh, yes. I've got a pen, oh. and I've got a phone. Oh, wow. Uh, and I've got I can use that too. pen to sign executive orders really? uh, and take executive actions. Mm-hmm. That's good. But wait, Troy, he's not... Did he lose his pen and phone, Troy? Oh, gosh, I doubt that. You don't. Th- I think he maybe he lost his pen and phone. Maybe he did. He might have. Trevor Holland joins us on the program. Hi, Trevor. Hi. Long day. Long week. Did you fall asleep in the other room? Pretty damn close. (laughs) 
We're talking about immigrants. I know. I heard. Illegal immigrants. I know. Not the legal ones. Legal ones are fantastic. I love the legal ones. I heard. Not the barely legal ones, the legal ones. That could be taken a lot of different ways. <clears throat> I think we should walk away from that. Anyway, someone who's really pissed about this. I mean, he's back and he's pissed. John McCain is not very happy. Um, particularly about, this is something we haven't touched on yet. These facilities where they're holding these children, or whoever, and women and children, or whoever it is. I mean, there's not just children, but the illegals that have come across the border. The facilities that they're holding them in, they have specific rules that... Uh, People that go to these, they can't talk to anybody there. They can't talk to any of the workers. They can't bring cell phones. They can't bring cameras. I just can't imagine that. Why? Why would we ever? I mean, they, they claim it's because these, these children, they need privacy. Need privacy. Troy, do you buy that? Do you think it's because they need privacy? Or do you think that perhaps there's a more nefarious motive behind the reason why you can't talk to anybody or carry a phone with a camera on it? I think there's another reason. I think so. Well, John McCain does too, and he's in. A, he was in a hearing with uh, the head of, oh, who is this guy? U.S. Customs and Border Protection Commissioner. There are, you know, there are so many damned agencies out there. I can't keep everyone straight anymore. There's the, there's the ICE people. There's the Homeland Security. There's this is this is U.S. Customs and Border Protection Commissioner. There's other, there's like a whole line in this in this hearing. I saw the video of it. There's like a line of ten different commissioners and vice presidents of the commission of commissioners and super duper commissioner commissions and 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 and, and doctoral commissioner dot uh, com and and I mean everything. It's like how much money do we spend on you people so you can sit there and go um um uh, I, I don't know I don't know the answer to that. I mean, I want to know how much we pay them per bullshit memo that they send out to people. Well, that's pretty much all they do. Just saying. Just different rant, different day. Sorry. Anyhow, here's John McCain uh, drilling uh, this uh, Gil Kurlikowski. Kurlikowski. I'm rather, I'm sorry. The U.S. Customs and Border Protection Commissioner in front of Congress. Here he is, John McCain. I've been representing the state of Arizona for many years. And I have never seen anything like your instructions to sign by your name, interim protocol for visitations and tours to CBP detention facilities. Are you telling me when I visit a detention facility that I can't bring a cell phone with me? Are you saying that? United States Senator visiting a facility, these are the instructions that you have signed? Is that what you're saying? That the visitors can't visiting congressional delegate uh, member of Congress um, don't recall saying that I, I the, what I recall has been Let some me time provide you with yeah. a copy it says C distribution R Gil Karlikowski commissioner interim protocol for visitations and tours to CBP detention facilities you didn't see your own memo I, I that would be me Okay. Uh, that would be me. I did issue that memo, and we have had huge numbers of... Am I allowed to bring a cell phone with me when I go on to a facility in Nogales, Arizona? Not, not to take photographs, I am not. Senator. I am not allowed to take photographs. Not to take photographs Why not? inside Why not? the facility. Why am I not allowed to the, do that? The children have a right to privacy, and that's why we're not having their faces uh, shown on... I may want to take a photo, a photo of something else. 
I and also, if you wanted to take a photo, we'd certainly make arrangements for you to take a photo, just not of the children. That's not the instructions that you have given, sir. Have any physical or verbal contact with detained children unless previously requested and specifically, oh, have any physical or verbal contact with CBP detainees and or staff? Are you telling me that I can't even speak to the staff there? Senator, I'm not telling you you couldn't speak to the staff. We would make well, a Why did you issue these instructions? We have had requests by hundreds and hundreds. I'm talking about members of Congress, sir, which you said yes. applies to members of Congress. I'm not asking about the hundreds. I'm talking about the responsibilities I have in my own state. It does, and we would make special arrangements for special consideration, Senator. But that is not according to your instructions. And when I was there, then the, the Border Patrol and the people there said that they didn't want me speaking to any of the staff or children. I view that as a violation of my responsibilities. I'm, I'm not familiar with yours. You're not familiar with They were carrying out your instructions, sir. <sighs> I want it fixed, and I want it fixed immediately. Understand? If a member of Congress can't visit a facility with his, in his own state, a federal, I, the people of Arizona elected me, and I'm not supposed to even carry a cell phone with me, Mr. You have overstepped your responsibilities and your authority, sir. And I want those instructions revoked as far as members of Congress are concerned, and I want it done today. Do you understand? Uh -huh. <laughs> Although I I find it kind of comical in a way. Although I agree with McCain, it's ridiculous the restrictions they're putting on that, especially for a senator or a member of Congress or whatever. It is kind of funny, though, to see someone who's in the <clears throat> ruling class, if you will. And, I mean, there's so many rules and regulations on everything nowadays. You can't do this, you can't do that. They won't let you. I mean, you know what I'm saying? To see, to see that affected uh, a senator and see their indignation over that is kind of somewhat comical i think but hey, it's just me you see what i mean troy yeah i see what you mean yeah troy i loved how that recording had all your moans and groans and grunts in <laughs> <Yeah>. it <laughs> i didn't know if that was live or if that was recorded but that no, was that was that, that was actually recorded <laughs> <laughs> i told you we picked a couple of them up earlier but uh, yeah. anyway it, it's just it's maddening and i love it how it's like well this is for the children's uh the children's uh privacy the, pri the, the privacy what are you talking about <laughs> You out of your freaking mind? Worried about their privacy? Like anybody's gonna know who the hell they are anyway? They're not documented in any way. They don't have names on these kids. They don't know where they came from. Hardly. This is a joke. And then you've got and and then they, well we can make arrangements. We can sure make arrangements so I can take a picture. You have to make arrangements for that. There's so much bureaucratic red tape nonsense. You have to make arrangements so I can speak to a member of the staff. I can't say hello. Well, we didn't make the arrangements for you to do that. What is going on? I mean, have you ever seen us so far off the rails, Troy? No, never. It's 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 maddening. Well, I'm <laughs> doesn't take much for me to be maddening, but you'd think Obama could fix it. After all, uh, we are not just going to be waiting for legislation no. in order to make sure. Uh, and why that would we? We're providing Americans uh, the kind of help that they need. We fix it. Uh, I've got a pen. And I've got a phone. He can't have the phone, uh, though. I can use that pen to sign executive orders uh, and take executive actions. Mm -hmm. You can take that. You can take the pen, but the phone, you can't have that. Unless they make arrangements, of course, Troy. You know how these things work. They're very, 
You're very touchy on this stuff. You gotta make arrangements to take your pen and your phone. You can take your pen, but of course you can't write anything down or talk to anybody with your you know, while you have your pen. But the phone, we gotta make arrangements for that. Troy, will you make arrangements for that maybe later? Sure. You I sure? Troy, do you have any meat to talk about in a little bit? Yes, I do. Troy, we can't really hear you. Speak up. Uh, yes, I do. Jake. There we I go, Troy. Lots of meat to talk about. Troy. Back in a minute, folks. You're listening to the Uncommon Sense Program, and I'll bet you're wondering why. He'll tenderize your loins, and I'm not going to tell you what he did to Chuck. It's the meat man, Troy Lang, every week on the Uncommon Sense Program. He's the man who wants you to put his meat in your mouth. Here's the meat man moment with Troy Lang. Oh, yeah, folks. Troy Lang's here. Yeah. Troy Lang! Troy? Yes, sir. I asked you already in the show, but did you have a nice 4th of July? Were you able to, able to cook any of your meat? You're always talking about here on the program. You know, you're talking meat. Chuck's meat! Yeah. I sure did, yep. What'd you cook? Anything good? We had country-style ribs with Ooh. A sweet baby back ribs. Uh, sweet baby back ribs? Yeah. Or sweet baby Ray's barbecue yeah, sauce? Sweet, yeah, that's the one. Sweet that's, baby yeah. Ray's barbecue sauce. I knew sweet baby Ray. You did? He was, Yeah, I did. He was a nice guy. He was yeah. Yeah, He was sweet, I guess. It was kind of weird to say that, but he was, yeah. Anyway. <sighs> what else did you have? Anything? We had, well, the usual bratwurst and... Hamburgers. Oh, ham, ham. Yes, I, I've had hamburgers. Um, I like hamburgers. Were the bratwurst? Were they? Uh, were they big? Maybe big wieners. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, they were. They were big. They weren't they, little bratwurst. No, we don't no, like no. little bratwurst because no. you know anybody. Ain't nobody got time for that. No, exactly. it's a waste of time. Now, did you have any tater tots while you were celebrating your independence? I like tater tots. I did have tater tots. Well, you did. Yep, I did. Really? It was sure damn good. On your really. fa- no, for Fourth really, of July, but... you had tater tots. <laughs> I like tater tots. <laughs> I don't know why you're getting beat up about it, but uh... I don't either. But <laughs> Troy, I want you to know something. I What's want that? you to know that the last two weeks we've just we've really missed you. <laughs> we really have, and and we've been I've been looking forward to this conversation for quite some time now and because you know you're you nasty. you kind of are and it makes it fun <laughs> yeah so what have you got i mean it's the middle of july it's hotter than bejesus out i don't know how hot bejesus is i don't know what bejesus I'll bet is it's really damn hot i'll bet it's pretty warm especially if you piss bejesus off or just yeah, jesus in general I, you know it's not, not good uh, not a good thing to do but um i don't know what that means and i'm betting it's warm though yeah. Do you do you think? I don't like you. No, sorry. Jeez. Yeah, it's kind of kind of a rough day today. And apparently, yeah. Yeah. It's, Whoa. Uh, anyway, so what's on the ad this week, Troy? You gotta have something good for us, I'd hope. I've wasted like four minutes babbling endlessly about <laughs> nothing, which I'm pretty good at most days. Um, the best way to do it for all this is radio lesson 101, Troy. When you're just trying to fill time, you gotta pace yourself in the way you talk and take really long enunciations to make the seconds go by. Right. You got, you got that? I thought lesson I 101 was speak into the microphone. Well, okay, 102. That was years ago when I taught you to speak into the microphone. Which I still haven't mastered, but oh well. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> See, could you hear that, Troy? I did hear that. Well, it was. It kind was, of soft. It was kind of, oh, it's a little soft. It doesn't even register on the on the sound wave over here. Oh, well. Must speak. 
So it shows up. Once again, Troy, I'm killing time here on the Uncommon Sense program. You sound like William Shatner. Well, that's what I'm going for. That's what my next project is, a William Shatner kind of thing. I'm not sure what that means, but we're going to go with it. Troy, so what's your specials anyway? Um, okay, we've got salmon fillets on sale for six ninety eight a pound. Salmon, six ninety eight a pound. Now, you know, I think we should go into the salmon farming business, Troy. I think we should farm salmon right here in Kansas. Do you think that'll go over well? Sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I will. think it would be great. They yeah. could spawn in the Republican River. And I mean, I think we'd be in. I think we'd be just rolling in it. And I'm not sure what, but we'd be rolling in something before it's Man, over. That's I'm sure. For sure. That's for sure. That's, yeah, that's right. Okay, what else you got? I mean, I mean six ninety eight a pound. That you can make a lot of coin on that. Oh yeah. That's like that's I, I raise tomatoes, and you can't sell tomatoes for six ninety eight a pound. No. I mean, no. what the hell? I mean, not even the president with his pen and his phone can pull that off. So, okay. no, we've got to do salmon instead, and we'll make the big bucks. All right. I mean, I think that's logical, don't you? I think that makes sense. I do, too, yeah. Are you with me? I, I'm with you, Jake. Are you? Are you, are you? Is it your thing? Uh, it's my thing. I'll do what it's I want to do. It's your thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do what you want to do. Can't tell you. That's good. That's good. Okay, what else you got, Troy? We've got. Troy, are you having fun? Absolutely, I'm always Troy Lang. That's good. That's what I want to hear. Troy Lang having fun. You nasty. Oh, what kind of fun is it? Okay, anyway, go on. It involves a pork loin. Balls of pork loin. Oh, it involves involves involves. I used to say balls of pork loin. I said I don't know. You did that with pork loin. No, no. Thick loins. Are they thick loins? They're very thick loins for a dollar ninety eight a pound. Oh my goodness, Kate Troy, can you humor me for a minute, please? Sure. Sure. You're good at that, and I, I greatly appreciate that. Um, it might be remembered in my will someday that you humored me, but it, it might not anyway either. Um, can you do the crazy old woman who comes in the meat market and just talks about how wonderful your oh. meat is? Can you do her yes. voice? I mean, God, it's been years. She may be oh passed on for all I know. I don't know. No, and no, she, she's still there. Oh, good. Just, you know. That's good. Can you do her voice about your loins? That would be fantastic. Oh, my, you have such big loins. It's so good. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, that's about it this time, Jake. <laughs> my boss can do it better than I can. But, you know, my boss is a master at it. Oh, your loins are so good. What about your wieners? You can talk about that any? Big wieners. There's an old lady that comes in and asks me how big my wiener is. But uh, really? But she has point. nothing to do with the meat, I'm betting. <laughs> oh, what else we got, Troy? Do you ask her how big her breasts are? Juicy breasts. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Does she ring We've, your doorbell? Hello. Mm, sorry. Oh, We've got your, arm roast on sale for three ninety nine a pound. You're being serious now. Arm yes. roast, huh? Yes. Does it come, where does that come from? Uh, the shoulder. The shoulder. Okay. Shoulder clod. So I don't know why in the hell they call it the arm roast. It's the shoulder. It's not the arm. They're Maybe. lying to me. That's right. And I ain't got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. No. What else you got, Troy? <laughs> We've got charcoal <laughs> steaks on sale for four nineteen a pound. Am I wearing you out yet? <laughs> no. Are you? <laughs> Are you ready just to give up and throw down your microphone and run away? <laughs> I'm just just listening most of the time. Okay. God only knows what's going to come out of your mouth. You know, it's just. <laughs> 
I'm having a hankering for tater tots. I like tater tots. I really am. I keep seeing tater tots on the soundboard in front of me, and I just, I like tater tots. I like tater tots. You don't sell tater tots in the meat department, although our meat department here in town has those little square uh, hash brown thingies you can fry. Oh, yeah, we got them. You got those? They're, they're like a big tater tot, really. Yeah. You know. I like tater tots. We know. We know you like tater tots. I just yep. just had an ADD thing and thought of that. All right, what else you got, Troy? Okay, we've got patty steaks on sale for patty steaks. Patio. Steaks. Oh, patty! I thought patty was making her own. Okay, I didn't heard of those before. Patty steaks. All right, patio, patio, yo, patio, on yo patio or my patio. <laughs> on yo patio. On yo patio. Oh, that's so good. A little bit delayed, but anyway, what else you got, Troy? We've got butterfly chops on sale for two sixty nine a pound. Those are very small chops. Yes. Very small. The chops on a butterfly are itty-bitty. I don't know how you cut them. That's really yeah. a masterful thing that you do. Yep. They're incredible. They're pretty talented, you know. Well, your hands must be magical. Uh, well, all I do is wrap the stuff. I mean, I'm that. betting. I've told you that before, though. Well, I've told you, yes. Well, if you can wrap something, what kind of wrapping? Do you have a beak, a back beat when you wrap? Or you just yes, kinda, I do. You do? I do. Yeah, you wear your Reeboks, your high top. I don't know whether high tops. Right, I wear a little chain around my neck yes. with a clock on it, and yes. turn my hat on sideways, and you know. I was hoping we. I was hoping you were going there with me. I wasn't sure if you were or not. No, Troy, I'm I was going. Okay, good. Do you uh, this? You have you know some acapella thing in the background. You put on some little meat show. You have a little meat. Hey, Troy, have you ever sent a meat tweet? Uh, no. You sure? Positive. Never sent a meat tweet. Just a little no. little peek. No. You sure? Big wieners. Okay. All right. What else we got, Troy, real quick before we... we got uh, Pilgrim's Pride drums and thighs on sale oh, for $1.29. drums and thighs. I used to have a sounder for that, but I don't know where it's at. I lost my drums and thighs thing. How about Ground Chuck? You got any of that? Uh, No. That was oh, last week. No. Ground Chuck. Well, we missed it. Yes, you did. We missed it. Troy, I have one final question for you before we clock out of this, baby. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've done 10 minutes of in-depth meat man conversation meat coverage meat coverage it is meat coverage and lord knows lord knows you always want to provide coverage for your meat that's right that's right you don't want to fool around with that any troy i want here's the last question for you really quick you pooped in your pants I, i pooped my pants this has been the meat man moment now go grab yourself something big and juicy this is the uncommon sense program Uncommon Sense. Welcome back to it, the Uncommon Sense program, second half of the show. Uh, Troy Lang's with me. Trevor stepped out. I don't know if he'll be back or not, but for it, for right now, it's Troy and me. Troy, hi. Hi. Troy, are you excited to be back for another? It was a fantastic Meat Man moment we had. I was at the moment. <laughs> I mean, I really think we had a moment there, didn't you? Uh, I did too, yeah. It was, it was great. Uh, we talked a lot the first half, like the whole first half, about immigration and for fear my head explodes, I'm going to have to walk away from that right now. Okay, fair enough. Oh, wait, no, there's one more story on that, kind of, sort of, almost. Kentucky Democratic U.S. Senate, hold, stand by, one more story kind of related to the immigration stuff. I didn't see it sitting here. Kentucky Democratic U.S. Senate candidate Allison Lundergan, Lundergan Grimes. Say that five times fast, Troy. Allison Lundergan Grimes. Uh, no, I'm, I'm good. She's running against uh, Senator Mitch McConnell. He's the Senate Majority Leader. 
Um, he's a Republican. I'm not sure he's a good guy. Actually, I'm pretty sure he's not, but we'll leave that be for the time being. But it's interesting. I always love to see politicians dance around questions. It's so much fun. I just, it's just, people are, you can see right through your bull crap. Anyone with half of a brain cell to rub against a rock can see that you're full of crap. But anyway, she was asked about uh, President Barack Obama's $3.7 billion, $3.7 billion with a B, mind you, dollar request to address the current U.S. border crisis. When asked about the proposal, Grimes first said she's going to assess everything when she's in the Senate. Now, here is her uh, dodging that question right now. Uh, I'm for securing our borders and mm-hmm. making sure that we give an earned pathway to citizenship. Can we do that already? I'm going to assess everything uh, when I'm in the United States Senate in the light of, is it good for Kentucky? Uh, and I think Is this good for Kentucky? In terms of immigration reform, I think it is an earned pathway to citizenship and a secure border is much needed, not just for Kentucky, but for the entire nation. But what about the supplemental that the president's asking for now? Would you vote for that? Again, the bill that came out of the Senate, I strongly supported and I will continue to monitor the legislation that is before uh, Congress and mm-hmm. hope uh, that Mitch McConnell won't stand in the way of uh, reform, especially much-needed reform and an earned pathway to citizenship earned helping pathway. our farmers here in Kentucky. Okay, that's nice. I I don't know. They're all... Uh, people, let me tell you something. Although politics is a... It's a, it's an avenue to do th- to get things done. It doesn't happen quickly by any stretch of the imagination. It takes decades to turn the ship, really. But all politicians are the same. I don't care what party they're from. I mean, yeah, they have a they lean a little different way sometimes. But they're such they're just so full of crap. I just can't. I mean, I I've watched this stuff for like the past six years, pretty. I mean, intensely. Troy, I mean, you know what I mean, Troy. Before, I kind of kept an eye on things, but last five, six years, I really watched stuff. And I can't stand listening to these people anymore. Um, it's interesting to me, she's a Democratic candidate, she's not at all endorsing what Obama is saying that we should do, which is fascinating to me. I think it goes to show you that how, how much of a liability he is politically to these people that are running um, I, I mean, I just, the, the guy is just, he's, he screws up everything he touches, or at least everything he touches, uh, you know, just goes sour, or he's doing it on purpose, which I kind of think in a lot of ways he might be, but, uh, well, she's good at dancing, isn't she, though, Troy? Oh, yeah, She definitely. tap dance around that question? Well, and I love how the very end, she has to get that jab in at her, uh, well, you hope Senator McConnell doesn't stand in the way of immigration reform. Well, if immig- immigration reform sucks... And is actually just, you know, amnesty cloaked with something. Um, I hope he does stand in the way of it. Sad thing is, I don't think he will. Mm-hmm. No side's any better than the other anymore, frankly. Um, <clears throat> moving on, though. This is interesting. This is out of Miami-Dade County, Florida. In order to avoid yearly budget crises, crises uh, Miami-Dade County, Florida may have to fire hundreds of police officers as part of a long-term budget strategy announced earlier this week. The proposal has been met with some criticism, with one police association spokesman telling citizens to get yourself some firearms because you're going to have to protect yourselves. We have that audio in just a moment. The budget proposal announced by Miami-Dade Mayor Carlos Jimenez on Tuesday would cut nearly 650 county jobs in an attempt to close a, holy cow, $64 million deficit in the city's general fund. The Miami-Dade Police Department could reportedly see the deepest cuts. 
I just, I, 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 I don't know. This is a local thing, really, but it made national news because it's, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a highly populated area, and it's, it is quite a story. Um, but God, isn't there more? I mean, before, really, there's nothing else that can be cut. I guess there are a few things they are cutting along with this, but you can't cut deeper anywhere else outside of the police department. You know what I mean? I mean, there are some things that are pretty essential. Like, I believe in the, for the government, or the federal government, uh, the military is pretty essential. Let's not cut that down to bare bones. Just saying. A lot of other things we can gut. Okay with that. I understand. We have to do what we have to do to make things work. Um, But, you know, security this day and age is kind of a big deal. Now, I'm not saying there's not fat in the police department, and I'm sure there is all over the country. But... I, I don't, and, and and what this comes down to, really, and 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 so I have to be careful here because I don't know exactly all the details about going into a lot of this. Um, you know, here we have this. Mayor Jimenez said he wants the Miami-Dade Police Benevolent Association, which is like their union, to agree to other cuts, possibly a 15% reduction in health care costs, and maybe the county wouldn't have to let so many employees go. Well, okay, there's that too. You know, when you get the unions involved in these things, and, and look, I'm in a union, and I understand that perhaps my benefits wouldn't be quite so good if it wasn't for them. However, I also understand that maybe the company I work for is drowning. And sometimes we have to be big boys and girls, and we have to accept some things that aren't exactly in our favor in order to save the ship. You know what I mean? I mean, at, what, at some point, and I'm not saying all unions are like this, but at some point, some unions... I mean, it happened with, uh, who made Twinkies, Troy? Uh, Hostess. Hostess. It happened with Hostess. Remember, Twinkies went, went went away for, what, six, seven months so somebody else bought them because the union wouldn't give any concessions to the company, and the company said, look, we can't afford this. And they said, look, you either concede or we're going to close the place down. And guess what? They called their bluff, and they, and they closed it down. Well, they called their bluff. I mean, they, they did what they said they were going to do. They closed it down. I mean, things have consequences. Money is a real thing. It's just not just numbers on a piece of paper. Um, news station uh, covering this, uh, WSVN-TV, also reports potentially cutting 200 jobs in the library department, reducing mowing and maintenance cycles in county places, increasing response time to pothole flooding sign and signal repairs, and postponement of correctional and police officer training classes. So, I mean, there are other things to address these budget cuts. But uh, anyhow, do have some audio here of a representative from this uh, union type, whatever the name of this organization was, saying what he thinks you should do, which I don't think is bad advice in any situation. Uh, he thinks citizens should do if they have to uh, go under these cuts. The Miami-Dade Police Benevolent Association firing back about the proposal, saying public safety is paramount and these proposed cuts will have a negative impact. If the mayor is not going to provide security, then my recommendation as, as an experienced law enforcement officer for nearly 40 years, either buy yourself an attack dog, put bars on your windows and doors, and get yourselves some firearms because you're going to have to protect yourselves. We won't be able to. God, I'm happy I don't live in a part of the world where I have to put bars on my windows and doors. I mean, really, Troy, when you think about I want you to think about this for a minute, and I'm sure you understand this, and many other people in our same situation do. We're small-town people. We live kind of in, you know, well, we live in Kansas, so a lot of small towns here. And how lucky are we? I mean, there's crime here. Don't get me wrong. There's bad stuff that happens everywhere. I get that. I'm not completely naive. 
But how lucky are we really, Troy? Oh, we are real lucky. You know, I know people that want to live in the big city, and they want, and that's fine. I mean, God bless you. It's your life. You go spend it how you want to do it. And and they, well, it's exciting. And look, I get it. The bigger towns have a lot to offer, and they are exciting. And there's a lot of fun things to do. There's a lot of places to visit, things to see. Believe me, I like visiting. I like going on trips. I like going. Dallas fascinated me. I hadn't got a chance to actually explore it. We went through it going to Galveston, which I love Galveston. Houston. I mean, those cities, they're so... Have you ever been to Dallas, Troy? Uh-uh. No. About Houston, anywhere down in there. Mm-mm. What's the no. biggest city you've been to? Um, Kansas City. Okay. All right. Well, up to a few years ago, I was the same way. Uh, well, I guess I've been to Louis, Louisville and St. Louis, but... Uh, when I was a kid, up till probably high school age, the biggest I'd ever been was Kansas City. And Kansas City seems pretty overwhelming, right? Right. It's, but there's a lot there. It's, you, I mean, go Dallas, Fort Worth, the Metroplex, or Houston, it's it's just it's unreal. I mean, it's just, I don't want to live there, but I'd love to visit. I'd love to spend a week exploring and doing all sorts of eating. I love the restaurant. I mean, I get it. I like the big cities. But at the end of the day, I want to come home where I don't have to deal with traffic. It's quiet. I don't have to worry about the crime. I don't have to worry about the crazies. And here's another, if you want to go on the crazy train with me, which I'm good at that, um, I tell everybody I know who lives in a big city, and they all look at me like I'm out of my freaking mind, you better have a plan to get the hell out. Because if things ever really break down in this country, which I'm telling you, it's the stuff I'm seeing, you know, this immigration deal, and, and I mean, you know, tempers flaring, and things getting kind of, kind of touchy in some areas, um things ever really break down economically whatever society just goes to hell in a handbasket you don't want to be anywhere near them big cities am i right yes i really i mean uh it's not gonna be pretty then people are going to eat each other look what happened in new orleans after hurricane katrina i mean a lot of them people frankly acted like animals it's not good. Very scary stuff. Always have a way or a plan, and I know you can't plan for everything. Have a plan to bug out. And, you know, I don't easier said than done, I'm sure. But uh, I'm not saying there's not crazies here. Lord knows there is. There's plenty of people here that would act like animals, too, if, if things really went bad. But, uh, but how lucky are we not to have to worry about bars on our windows? I do. I do. However, think it's not a bad idea to, uh, if, if not carry a weapon, at least have a few around, so you can defend your property if you need to. Um, but that's just that's just me. Here's another police story here off theblaze.com. Have you ever been to an IKEA store, Troy? Do you even know what an IKEA store is? Uh-uh. I don't either. It's it's. I mean, it's it's like a furniture, and I mean, it's it's. I don't know. It's a store of some kind. They're. Uh, uh, Let's see, College Park, Maryland, where this story comes out. Uh, sorry, I got distracted. I was getting a message on my phone. I apologize for all of that. Mallory sent me oh, a message. I remember Mallory. She, she hasn't been on the show in quite a while. But uh, anyway, Ikea tells uniformed cop to lock his gun in his car or leave. How do you like that, Troy? Independence Day at an Ikea store in College Park, Maryland, produced one of the most bizarre moments of the recent national holiday. A uniform, not plain clothes, uniformed police officer was told that he was not welcome in the store as long as he was carrying his firearm. I kid you not. Uh, 
guy's name? Alan Goldberg of neighboring Tacoma Park, Maryland, visited the store Friday while wearing his uniform, WRC-TV reported. Goldberg and his daughter were shopping for furniture when after two hours, he was there for two hours? Holy cow. I can't shop for more than 30 minutes. An IKEA employee approached him. Goldberg said the employee told him, we have a no-firearms policy, and you're either going to have to leave or you can lock your gun in your car. Here is Goldberg himself uh, telling his account of the story. The chief said he'd been inside about two hours with his daughter when a plainclothes loss prevention officer came up to him saying, We have a no-firearms policy in the store, and you're going to either have to leave or you can lock your gun in the car. Chief Goldberg says he was shocked. He left his shopping cart behind and posted his experience on Facebook. In 35 years of law enforcement, that's the first time something like that's ever happened to me. The chief demanded to see the store's written policy, but only got it today after News 4 contacted IKEA and was sent this statement. We regret that there was a misunderstanding of our weapon policy in our College Park store. Our weapon policy does not apply to law enforcement officers. We are taking steps to ensure that this is clear for all of our co-workers. And this written policy that they sent News 4, does it satisfy you? Yes. So basically it was just a stupid employee that just didn't under... I mean, how... Who does that? Who goes up to a uniformed police officer and says, you had to have your gun in here? I mean, who has... I mean, a bunch of idiots. I'm sorry, but... <coughs> excuse me. I'm sorry, but some things are forgivable. That's just stupid. Wouldn't you... I mean, really? Troy, help me here. Yeah. Help me out here, yeah. Troy. Mm. Talk, talk me down off this ledge. I just... <laughs> I don't know. People are out of their freaking minds. Oh, what else do we have here? Another story, the stack of crap I have. Uh, Troy, what job did you have when you were in high school? What did you do part-time? Um, I'm sure you had some job I, in high school, didn't you? I was helping my grandfather a lot. On the farm? And stuff. Yeah. yeah. Did you have any jobs, uh, like hourly wage jobs in high school? Uh, well, only during the summer months I worked for the city of Lynn. Yeah. They were, but that was a good experience, wasn't it? Oh yeah, definitely. How much money did you make? Probably big, big, big paycheck. A lot of money. No, not really. What do you think about forty bucks an hour, maybe union job, <laughs> full benefits. Yeah, that's what they made. Forty bucks. Yeah, well, that's about normal. I mean, it's a fifteen-year-old kid. Yeah, that makes sense. What well, seriously though? What did you make? I'm just curious. You remember? You even remember? I don't even remember. That was, was it what three bucks an hour? Probably three something. something like that. Really? Yeah. Think of all that money. Think how far that go nowadays. Oh, I know. It's amazing, isn't it? The story here off the blaze. A study shows why parents should think about getting teens into summer jobs instead of summer camp. You know, I, 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 once again, I hate to toot my own horn, but I'm just ahead of the curve, Troy. I'm always ahead of the curve. Not always, but I've said this for a long time. Some of the best experiences I had in high school and I had as a young person was working. Things that taught me the most was working. Working taught me how the world works. Right? You know what I mean, Troy? I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not bashing education. Education's a fine thing. Those of you who have uh, advanced degrees, my hat is off to you. It takes an incredible amount of dedication and hard work and, and investment, money and time-wise, to, to, to achieve that. However, there's a lot of people out there who have done nothing but gone to school. And don't understand how to get a job. Don't understand how to work with others. Don't know how to play nice in the sandbox, if you will. 
And so I saw this story, and I, had to, I didn't even read it yet. I had to print it off because I thought, oh, that ding, 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 right on the money. Um, this is from theblaze.com. That job at the local drive through window or car wash might not be the most glamorous, but a recent study says summer work gives teens a competitive advantage later in life. I told you, Troy. I told you all along, didn't I? <clears throat> anyway. The study out of the University of British Columbia found that those who worked in the summer or in the evenings, yes, did that too, during the school year, were more likely to have good employment and higher salaries later in life. (laughs) With summer in full swing and kids sitting on the couch, why would they ever be sitting on the couch? Parents are wondering whether to push them to find a job. Really? Are they wondering about that? Why would you wonder about that? Get your ass off the... You're old enough to go do something and... Well, wait a minute. Time out. I'm wrong. In Kansas, at least, they can't drive till they're 17 now. Troy, do you know that? No, no I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. So I guess if 16-year-old Johnny wants to find a job, mom's going to haul him to work. See, that pissed me. When they changed that, that pissed me off. Let's let's extend childhood till they're 40, why don't we? They can be on their insurance till they're 70, maybe. Anyway, with summer in full swing and kids sitting on the couch, parents are wondering whether to push them to find a job. Mark David Seidel, a co-author of the study and professor at the university's business school, said, Excuse me. Parents may think that their kids could do better than a job at the local fast food joint, but our study shows even flipping burgers has value. Yes, particularly if it leads to part-time work later during school term. Mm-hmm. Part of the benefit teenagers experience from early work, the study found, is that it seems to help them focus on their work per- work preferences rather, and gives them skills like how to get better references and how to job hunt successfully. Thank you very much. You want to know how I got most of my jobs later in life? Because of the references, the people that I knew doing what I did in high school and in college and so on and so forth. It builds on it. When, if I'm an employer and I'm hiring someone right out of college, I don't, they, two people, same degree, bright young people, uh, both do great in the interview. But one worked his ass off in college and high school. I don't care if it's in the same field. He worked his ass off at many jobs. He has references from previous employers, not just professors, previous employers. Guess who I'm going to hire? It's not hard to figure that one out. Because you know what? This young man or this young woman knows how to work, knows you have to get up, get your ass out of bed, be responsible to get there on time, dress appropriately, know how to deal with customers, know how to deal with coworkers, understand how business, at least on a basic level, works, not just in theory, but how it actually works. You have to get something done if you want to make money. This is something that seems to be vastly just lost on majority of a generation in this country. Probably two generations by this point. Ah, uh, what else do we have? Researchers came to these conclusions using data from the Statistics Canada Youth and Transition Survey, blah, 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 don't care. To, uh, we looked at work history of more than 200,000 Canadians aged 15 and 25. Adolescent labor has been stigmatized as exploitative, with many parents opting to put their kids in summer camp rather than summer jobs. This is a Seidel character saying, however, our research shows that working can offer educational and developmental opportunities that prepare adolescents for the real world. You know, if you want any more any more uh, evidence toward that, look up Mike Rowe, microworks.com. He'll tell you all about that. It's not rocket science, people. Work builds character. It teaches you the value of a dollar. It makes you understand that if you want things in the world and you want to be able to do things, you got to get it up and move it. 
get out there. I mean, it's not dragging the class at 8 o'clock in the morning in your slippers and your sweatpants, smelling like last night's booze and whatever skank or whatever else you did that night. That was probably not right. I probably shouldn't have said that. Um, but you, we've been to college. Troy, you've been to college. You've seen this. Remember at, at Cloud County, the, the, the dorms are right across the road. And I say morning classes. Half of these people, it was all freaking day, come sloughing across the road in their flip-flops or their slippers in their pajama pants, smell like yesterday's garbage because they're just you know, too lazy to get up and scrub themselves, evidently. Are you kidding me? Get up, comb your hair, and get freaking dressed. Really? It's not that hard. I mean, really? Pull your pants up and put a belt on. I'll just go into class and go back and play my Xbox. I don't give a shit. Ah, that's one thing that just irks me. One of the many. <laughs> Jake. Yes. There's people that come into the store like that. Oh, I know it. Pajama pants on. I know slippers, it. I go downtown yeah. here in town doing business. I look out, out the window and here's, you know, they got their little kid. They're dragging by the hand who hasn't had a bath in two days. They've got pajama pants on, ratty hair. He's, you know, they're both yeah. dressed like they haven't got out of bed in a week. I'm going to walk over to the city hall and pay the electric bill. I'm going to go down to the grocery store and spend some food stamps. I know we just can't get ahead in life. There just ain't no ain't no opportunity out there. There's nothing to do. There ain't no work in this world anymore. You just can't get a The poor guy can't get ahead. Have you heard that a few times? Yeah, I have for that. No, um, if you want to get ahead, um, clean up your appearance. And I mean, the Salvation Army sells clothes cheap. Really, I mean, it's not bad. Yes. And 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 get out there and and do something. I don't I don't care what. Just look like you're trying. It's like I've told Trevor a million times. I I you know you want to rise to the top. Show up on time and work all day. And don't be a pain in the ass. It's that simple. You will rise above probably 90% of your coworkers. Show up on time or early. Preferably probably early would be better in most cases. Some places aren't so big on that, but whatever. Show up early or on time. Be prepared to work. Look presentable. You don't wear a freaking tux every day, but look presentable. Uh, have a good attitude is also helpful. That's a big issue. A lot of people have just everything's the world's against them, and it's just it's just we just, it's just too bad. I guess I don't know what to tell them. I have a good attitude, and 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 do a a full day's work, and don't bitch all the time. You do that, and you will outshine ninety percent of your coworkers nowadays. It's that easy to succeed in the world. Hey Jake. Yes. I, I wish you'd come to raise apple market. That's what about 90% of these kids nowadays need to learn because there's kids that don't do nothing. They just wander around all day, work in circles, and don't do nothing. I know. Just, I know. And they get their butt chewed. And they don't care. They don't do any good. They don't no, care. they don't care. They don't give one damn bit. Yeah, they don't care. Anyway, I'll take a break. We'll be back. Uh, more on Common Sense right after this. Uncommon sense. Jake's shooting bottle rockets at the neighbor's dog, and Troy's having a smoky treat. Take five and smoke them if you got them, folks. The show continues soon.
Uncommon Sense. This whole thing with Obama saying the rich don't pay their taxes is <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> and I voted for the guy and I'm a Democrat. What a f- asshole. <laughs> the rich don't pay their taxes. Let me tell you something, right? First they say to you, you're dead broke. The United States of America, you can do anything you want. Go for it. So then you go for it and then you make it and everyone's like, f- you. <laughs> himself is the perfect example. He's amazing. He had nothing. He had no father. He was, you know, a mixed race, which is a, a burden and no, in the United States. Don't kid yourself, you know, growing up like that. And no money. And the guy ends up being at Harvard. He's the president of the United States. And now he's like, me. <laughs> and everyone who made it like me, it's like, you know, you have to work your ass off, you know. Yeah. If, if I make a dollar and out of every dollar I'm taxed at fifty half and fifty cents I have to give, isn't that like enough? Yes. So for every dollar you make two dollars you have to give a dollar back. That no, that's not right. That's no, you're not paying enough. It's half. Yeah, I got I feel you. I pay half. half. Yeah. And then they go, Well, all the rich people have all these deductions. Well everyone in this room has the same deductions. You just didn't know, learn about it. Occupying iPods worldwide. This is the Uncommon Sense Program. Uncommon Sense. You know, folks, I am still fired up about that whole work rant I went on before the break. Troy and I were talking uh, off air a little bit, and you know, I've, I've got another little story to go with that, real quick. Like, um, that just, 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 just an example to go with these things, and I, I think this is relevant. And I'm not meaning to pick on people, but I pick, I notice things, and and, and a lot of people think I'm an asshole, and that's okay because I might be. I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, but there's a young lady that, that I, I I know fairly well. I mean, I don't know, but recently I was she was telling a story, and I I, I didn't say anything at the time, but bit my tongue. But you know, it was long as this about work and about jobs and can't find a job and then this and that and the other, and it's always there's always an issue it seems like. And <clears throat> so she had a job and she got in disagreement with the boss and she quit, which is fine. I. You know, we all get to a point sometimes in a bad situation where you do need to get yourself out of it. And Troy, you'd agree with that, don't you? I mean, yeah, I do. There, there, I mean, I don't know what the situation was, so that may be legit, fine and dandy. Although I have a rule: you suck it up till you have something lined up to go to. Yeah. Never run from something; run to something. Now, I understand there are probably situations that demand you have to run from it, but for the most part, run to, not from. Anyway, so she quit her job. Gets another one. I don't know how long it took. I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe she had it all lined out. I don't, I don't know what the story was there. Spent one day at it. Got yelled at. Things didn't go quite right. Quit. Done. Bye. And I'm sitting there going, you know, I. God bless you. She's a sweetheart. I don't mean to be mean. I don't. But you've got. You, you're going to get yelled at sometimes in life. You know? that's just, Who hasn't had those awkward moments when they start a new job and they do something stupid? And, you know, you hope that whoever's training you is a little more understanding, but sometimes they're not. Right, Troy? You've been there. Please, you right. tell me. I've yes. been there. I mean, we've all, I mean, I go to work and it's no big deal nowadays and I've been there a long time and I'm kind of, it's, you know, you don't, but I remember when I was 17 years old, 16 years old, what, 19, whatever age, starting something that I'd never done before and I wasn't that bright, frankly, yet and I did stupid crap and they yelled at me. 
you know what? I didn't quit the first day. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know what? If you're, if you're that sensitive, you need to starve a little bit in your life. Then you need to lose your ass once or twice. Then you know you need to know you need to understand that there's a reason you're here, not just to have petty cash to buy beer with. You know, you know what I mean, Troy. You you, you need to realize that sometimes you got to suck it up to make it work. And maybe it's maybe it's awful, but you hold out for a couple weeks because usually it gets better. You start understanding what's expected of you. They start getting a little better, you know, working with you. Or you suck it up till you find something else. Uh, anyway, I'm ranting and raving. We've already covered the subject once. But I was just a story recently that made me kind of twitch a little bit because I thought, you know, life is not that hard for most people. It really shouldn't be. Now, you're fighting cancer or something crazy like that? Yeah, that's hard. That would be hard. But just the day day in, day out, trying to find a job and do it, it's really not that tough. I'm sorry. The work might be hard, but just making it happen, you apply yourself a little bit, bite your bottom lip a little bit, toughen up a little bit, and you'll be fine. It's not that hard. Anyway, one more crazy story of the night that I've got to get to because this is so much fun. I don't even know where this was at. Crazy woman attacks... Uh, Pro-life activists, they are, this is off of WSYX-TV in Columbus, Ohio. These young men, look like, from the video I saw, were demonstrating in front of uh, the State House in Columbus, Ohio, a a pro-life demonstration, you know, anti-abortion kind of thing. And this woman comes out of nowhere, and you have got to hear this audio, people, and I'll warn you, it's not edited. A lot of F-words, a lot of nasty stuff. This woman's is... She's yelling us at what looks to me like high school kids or younger. One of them is at least. They don't look very old. I'm sorry. I don't buy that they're called. I don't. I don't know how old these these uh, activists are. I'm trying to find them in the story, but I don't see it. But uh, but it's just unreal. Give this a listen, people. If I can find it, crazy. Oh yeah, I have it. This tells you what she goes off on, Troy. I have the file saved as. Uh, hang on to your hat here. Crazy uterus lady. That is not what a fetus looks like, okay? It's a clump of cells at 12 weeks. It does not look like that. It's a clump of motherfucking cells. No hands are shown through that time. It's just a white fucking this racist fucking male that doesn't stand for women's rights. Get the fuck out of here. Fuck dipshit. And get that camera out of my face either. Fuck with. I want to call the police. Fuck you. Riley, Riley, walking Riley. away as they call the police. Riley, hold on a second. Kicking their signs over. We are calling the police, ma'am. You are fucking white male privileged assholes. I'm calling the police right now. What you are is a racist motherfucker as well. How dare you fucking do this kind of shit, asshole? You're being videotaped. We were trying to listen to the police. Go ahead. Go right the fuck on ahead, you fucking sexist, misogynistic motherfuckers. That is all you are. You don't give a shit about women. You don't give a shit about life. All you are are just a bunch of fucking assholes. Are you calling the police? Back off, are you calling the police? Back off. Back off. Right now. All you are are just a bunch of misogynistic motherfuckers. Take your male privilege somewhere else. No uterus, no right to talk about it. 
Understand me, motherfucker. You hear that, Troy? I'm, I'm listening to you. No, I don't give a shit. Get the fuck out of my face now. Your signs deserve to get fucked up. Oh. Anyway, didn't isn't that? What is she even? What's where does a racist thing come into? Because she's not black. They're not. I mean, they're 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 all white. All the people involved in this are white that I can see in the video. Which I mean, I don't care. Who cares what race they are? Where's the racist thing come into that, Troy? Can you figure that one out? No, I can't. Male misogynist mfers. Was it? What was the other thing? The white male privilege. Oh, yeah. that's what that is. No, we're just not into killing babies. That's just more what we're. Sorry, that's kind of what we're talking about. I don't know what your deal is, gal, but. And it, uh, she evidently um, is a, I would guess, a Burger King worker because she's wearing a Burger King shirt like she works there, you know. Or she's just been to the Goodwill store and picked one up. I mean, I don't know. It could be either way. Um, but isn't Burger King the place that's got, like, the rainbow Whopper or something like that? I've seen this advertised. It's like their pro-gay marriage or pro-gay, I don't know if it's pro-gay marriage, but pro-homosexual uh, happy meal. <laughs> Is that what I mean? Is that is that the place, Troy? You know, is that what? Yeah. Is it, is it Burger King? Place. I mean, I don't know the details on this, but I saw in passing. I see like a rainbow. Yeah. I, I'm like, you know, I. I have nothing against anybody who's homosexual. I just, I just don't care. Just stop it. Why do you have to? Why does it have to be always in our face? Why is it? You have to like this. You must support this. You have to. No. Shut up. Go away. You want to be? You know. Whatever, go live your life and leave, let me alone. You know, I'm not a bad person if I don't 100% agree and endorse and and shout, you know, from the rooftops how wonderful your lifestyle is. I'm just saying, right, Troy? Right. It doesn't make me a bad person or anybody else a bad person. Now, I, I don't even necessarily. I mean, I don't care. I really don't care. I'm not someone who's necessarily against it. I, mean, I don't care. I don't give a damn what you're doing or who you're doing it with. It's not my problem. Or not my issue. Not this is not something. I have bigger fish to fry in the world. Trust me. Troy, do you have anything else to add before we take one final break and finish up this fine program? No, I think you did a fine job, Jake. Okay, <laughs> thank you. It's, it's very nice of you, Troy. Thanks for being along for the ride this Troy, week. Troy, yeah, absolutely. Um, but did you like the the uh, crazy uterus lady, Troy? I want you to understand something. You don't have a uterus. You can't comment. Okay, I guess I won't. Do you understand that, Troy? Yes, sir. No uterus, no comment. Uncle Chang is lending us the money to pay that we're spending in Afghanistan. Uncommon sense. That would be mischievous, mischievous, mischievous of me. Tedious. What am I trying to say? Uncommon sense. By the way, I'm very influential. You can go ask the governor of Ohio, and it won't be long before you can ask the governor of Wisconsin. So kiss my ass, GQ. <laughs> Uncommon Sense. Yes, folks, we've come to the end of another Uncommon Sense program. Oh, yeah, so happy you could be along for the ride. Special thank you to Troy Lang for joining me this week. Trevor Holland was here briefly, but he wasn't very talkative. I don't think he was feeling well, Troy. I don't either. I don't know. I think he was a little little, uh, under the weather. But anyway, uh, from all of us to all of you, have a great week. We hope to hear you. see you back next week. We'll be here for a couple weeks, and we'll be off again, and it's going to be crazy for a while. But uh, from all of us to all of you, have a great week. Bye-bye, folks.
This has been a production of the Dolman Communications Network.